We believe in healing in this church. We believe in prayer. And we're willing to put feet to that as we just did. Today I want to speak to you about a subject I've, I've entitled the message The Covenant. It could have a whole lot of different titles to it. But it's basically a self-examination as we go in to this new year. Who we are, why we're here, what we're supposed to be doing. As I mentioned at the head of service, what is a profit of man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? How much time do we spend preparing for our careers and our lives? And then how much time do we prepare in getting ready for that day when we meet the Lord face to face? When he's going to ask us, what did you do with what I gave you? He gave you his son. He has put within every man a measure of grace. Every one of us have everything we need to do exactly what he wants done on this earth. And when we look at our recent anniversary that we just celebrated here, we celebrated our our fathers who brought Christian principles from the Czech Republic here in this community. They made sacrifices. They made commitments. And they were determined to raise and to sustain a house of worship that we enjoy and use here today. What would they think of us? Do you ever think things like that? What would they think of us, those that lived and died and sacrificed? Are we teaching our children the same things that they taught their children, the things that sustain this house of worship? Have we mastered the scriptures that they used to hide in loaves of bread and pass to each other because it was illegal for them to have a Bible in their own language in Czechoslovakia? Have we mastered that word? Have we progressed as men and women of God? Are we free of the stuff that so many people are encumbered with? Do we walk as mature people? Are we competent ambassadors of Christ? Are we free from pagan superstitions? I see pagan superstitions as a lack of spiritual depth. I do. And any time that I'm tempted... Or challenged with one of them. I am convicted personally. And I would hope that you would be too. I'm going to begin in Joshua 23. Jesse told me. He said. He said. Well. When he came home last night. With doing his part. And getting everything ready. He said. We're going to read most of the Bible today. Tomorrow. I said. Well. I'll go as quick as I can. But I want you to listen to every word. Follow with me as I read. As we hear what happens. At this moment of covenant. Now, this is what's happening. Joshua and the children of Israel, Moses has died. They're about to go in and begin to take the nations. And Joshua is telling these people, now listen, guys, I want to lay this down. I want you to understand what's going on. And I'll begin here. He says, if you turn away and ally yourselves with the survivors of these nations that remain among you, And if you intermarry with them and associate with them. Now, let me say this. They weren't bigots. The problem with intermarrying and associating with them was the gods these people were serving. And it's hard to walk in league with someone that you are not in agreement with. And he said, be careful of their influence. He said, you may be sure that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations if you intermingle with them. 
before you. Instead, they will become snares and traps for you, whips on your backs and thorns in your eyes until you perish from this good land, which the Lord your God has given you. Let me remind you that the United States of America was was founded on a congregation coming from Europe with a pastor. We know that, although it's not taught widely. It's the fact and it's, it's the truth. And we have forsaken the Lord our God. And we have begun to accept things in the church. Things that we would have not, not have thought that anybody in the church would have, would have walked with years ago. Not too many years ago. And they have become snares to us. They have become a problem to us. Now, Joshua continues, says, now I'm about to go the way of all the earth. I'm going to die. You know with all your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. But just as all the good things the Lord your God has promised you have come to you, so he will bring on you all the evil things he has threatened. Until the Lord your God has destroyed you from this good land he has given you, if you violate The covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you and go and serve other gods and bow down to them. The Lord's anger will burn against you and you will quickly perish from the good land he has given you. This is a condition that is still on us today. We think America's been here forever. I slept in a house that was older than the United States of America when I was over in England. We've only been here a little over 200 years. Is that right? That's not very long, my friend. And even though we've been blessed in our lifetime, if we stray from God, all the things that made America great can come crumbling down just like it did on Israel. God rewards faithfulness. He rewards diligence. And he rewards obedience. That is a fact. And that is those are God's conditions that if we remain these things, we can continue to have God's blessings, not only as a nation, but as a congregation and as a family member. But if you forsake God, if you ignore God, if you dishonor God, you do it at your own peril. Joshua, chapter 24, verses one through 15. Joshua continues. Then Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. He summoned the elders, the leaders, judges, and officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshipped other gods. But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates and led him throughout Canaan and gave him many descendants. I gave him Isaac, and to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. I assigned the hill country of Seir to Esau, but Jacob and his family went down to Egypt. I hope that these Bible stories are coming back to mind. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I afflicted the Egyptians by what I did there, and I brought you out. When I brought your people out of Egypt, you came to the sea, and the Egyptians pursued them with chariots and horsemen as far as the Red Sea. Remember this? But they cried to the Lord for help, and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians. He brought the sea over them and covered them. You saw with your own eyes what I did to the Egyptians. 
Then you lived in the wilderness for a long time. I brought you to the land of the Amorites who lived east of the Jordan. They fought against you, but I gave them into your hands. I destroyed them from before you, and you took possession of their land. When Balak, son of Zippor, the king of Moab, prepared to fight against Israel, he sent for Balaam, son of Beor. Remember Balaam and the donkey? To put a curse on you. But I would not listen to Balaam. So he blessed you again and again. This is where Balaam said that all who bless thee be blessed and all who curse thee be cursed. And I delivered you out of his hand. Then you crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho as Matthew was just speaking. The citizens of Jericho fought against you as did also the Amorites, Perizzites, Canaanites, Hittites, Girgashites, Hivites and Jebusites. But I gave them into your hands. I sent the hornet ahead of you. Many many believe that was some of the Egyptians that came and disrupted. I sent them ahead of you to drive out before drive them out before you. Also, the two Amorite kings. You did not do it with your own sword and bow. So I gave you a land on which you did not toil and cities you did not build. And you live in them and eat from the vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. Now fear the Lord. Respect and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River in Egypt and serve the Lord. But in serving, if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, what an incredible statement. King James says that serving God seems evil unto you. It's embarrassing that a man of God through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit would tell God's people something like this. He says, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. And then Joshua says, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Wow. God does not appreciate indecisiveness. And sometimes I feel his frustration when I meet indecisive Christians. It bothers me on the highway when people are indecisive. It must bother you too. Are you going to turn? Are you going to, what are you going to do? Do something. And when you see something coming up, you can tell people don't think about it till they get right at, right there. You're supposed to drive ahead for those of us that paid attention during driver's head. Indecisiveness is very frustrating. And this is what Joshua is saying. Make up your mind. Do something. <coughs> your existence, your life demands for decisions to be made. And as a Christian, you should be extremely decisive. When you're asked to do something for God, consider it an honor. Step on it and do it. It's your moment to shine. It's your chance. When did you ever see a quarterback when the coach turns around and says, get in the game, he says, I don't know, do we have a fourth string? Who else? You should be itching. You should be gnawing at the moment that you get a chance to do something for God. Be decisive. Be ready to go and do something for God. It's, it validates your existence when you do something for God. You're saying, this is why I'm here. This is why I'm born. And Joshua is looking at these children of Israel, seeing the indecisiveness. Seeing that they're getting a little weak and they're, 
being wishy-washy. He said, come on, guys, choose this day. If it's evil to serve God, if you think it's, it's a terrible thing, then don't. But at least tell yourself, be honest to yourself and say, what am I doing? Who am I following? Where am I going? Because if you're honest with yourself and you're not following God, you may come to a moment of realization, this isn't why I was born. But if you walk around in ignorance, indecisive, you may never know what's wrong or why you're not fulfilled and happy. In every person's life, there comes a moment of decision. And my question to you today is, where do you stand in that moment? Who are you? You say, well, obviously I'm a Christian. I'm in church. Well, obviously the children of Israel had seen miracle after miracle, things that we would only dream about. And they needed to hear this. How much more do we need to hear this as men and women of God, children of God? Joshua was asking Israel, where do you stand, guys? Are you religious? Which means you're with God? Are you standing with God? Or are you pagan? Are you without God? Because every man and woman, every child, every teenager is one of the two. You are. And if you're not with God, you're pagan. And if I know I'm pagan, I think, now wait a minute. I'm not fulfilling my destiny. Go and ask, go and ask the other, the other peoples. They don't know where they're going or what they're doing. There's a lot of confusion there. They act like they do. But some of the most fulfilled people, some of the most, some of the people who, who really understand you see joy on their faces are people that are with God. Because that's who they are. They understand that. You are one or the other. Tell yourself who you are. Admit to it who you are. And when you begin to stray, say, that's not the actions of a Christian. I, I, I shouldn't do that. Did you know that Christians have the same desires as everybody else does? You know that? I mean, I was, I was watching something the other night with the boys. It was, actually, it was last night. And we got to a place in this movie on television where things began to get a little intimate. And I had the channel changer. Okay? So I went, I changed the channel. We started watching Bigfoot stuff. And Jesse's saying, okay, you know. And I'm, th- I'm thinking, I'm thinking to myself, does he think that that is not attractive to me? Well, of course it is. That's why I turned the channel. Are you following me? As a Christian, you have the same feelings and the desires of everybody else. But you think, that is going to get in the way of my purpose. That's going to do nothing for me that is righteous or good. That is going to become an enemy and a snare to my heart. Are you understanding me? How many with me? Young people, how many are you with me? You understand this? When mom and dad change the channel, they're doing it for that reason. They don't want their purpose to be compromised by silly stuff that you don't have time to be thinking about. We need to understand who we are. Joshua 24, verses 16 through 21. And the people answered. I love their answer. It's good stuff. Far be it from us to forsake the Lord, to serve other gods. Good job, Israel. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our parents up out of Egypt from that land of slavery. And performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. We too, I like that, will serve the Lord. Because he is our God. You see, 
Friend, this is good for you to say to yourself. I think Joshua knew. But sometimes you need to make a declaration to yourself. Sometimes it needs to come through your body, through your vocal cords. It needs to be heard of you, mind, body, and spirit. Joshua said to the people, you are not able to serve the Lord. This is interesting. He's a holy God. He's a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins if you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods. He's warning them. He will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after he has been good to you. But the people said to Joshua, no, we will serve the Lord. Now, these people are being enthusiastic. Have you enthusiastically chosen sides? I think this is important. This is what happens at camp very often. At the end of camp... These type of moments happen. I make sure they do. We have these moments of, of enthusiasm. When you get all emotional about religion, yes. <laughs> I get very emotional about religion, about God and my walk with Christ. It's important for you to enthusiastically choose sides. It's important for you to be a man or a woman of God and say, you know what? I can do that. I've seen things. God's blessed me with a heritage. Because there are people who have no heritage of God in their lives. Yet they serve Him. How much more grace have you been given? And yet, when we don't serve Him, as I said before, we do it at our own peril. It's dangerous. Joshua 24, verses 20 through 2 through 28. We finish the Scriptures. And Joshua said, You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen to serve The Lord, yes, we are witnesses, they replied. Now then, said Joshua, throw away. That's interesting, isn't it? These servants of God must have had foreign gods that are amongst them. They had already begun to dabble. They had already begun to believe wives' tales and superstitions. Do we do that today? Do we do that today? Yeah, we do. Throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. The people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord, our God, and obey him. On that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people. And there at Shechem, he reaffirmed for them decrees and laws. And Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of God, as we just read. Then he took a large stone and set it up there under the yoke near the holy place of the Lord. See, he said to all the people, this stone will be a witness against us. It has heard all the words the Lord has said to us. It will be a witness against you if you are untrue to your God. Then Joshua dismissed the people, each to their own land, their own inheritance. What a moment. My question to you today in dismissal is this. What strange gods have we allowed to creep in among us? What superstitions? I was at a charter bus meeting just the other day, a safety meeting. And some guy said something. He got up and walked across the room. I think he said, I haven't had an accident since I've been here. He got up and walked across the room. I thought, where's he going? And he walked over and he started knocking on wood. I just thought, wow. 
That's his faith. That's where his faith is. How many of you have said, well, you know, people die in threes. You don't have to raise your hand. How many of you said, did you hear I heard a mockingbird came and sang in my window? What does that mean? It's a mockingbird that came and sang at your window, for heaven's sakes. My lucky rabbit foot. I got. I believe in luck. These are small things that we feel are harmless, and sometimes we do. Oh, you spill the salt. Whatever you do, that's a broken mirror. Don't walk under a ladder. One of these days, I'm going to have a a month long thing on luck. I'm going to mess with you. I think I'm going to have ladders in the fellowship room all the way from here to there. Make you walk under every one of them. Black cats. You know, it wasn't until recently. I mean, I've heard this stuff all my life. And when I was a teenager, a black cat run across me in the road and went, oh. And, and listen to this. The more I grew with God, the more I saw that as a cat with black fur. Are you hearing me? Don't get tied up in these little superstitions. These are inroads that are not harmless. Fight yourself. Fight your humanity that wants to do that. I think it's offensive to God. Every time that I find myself doing that, you know, I haven't had an accident. You know, and see my hand, I'm going to keep it up here. (laughs) I mean, it's something that's in our culture, but it is something that we must resist. These are the gods that live amongst us. They're not going to set up an altar in your house. But as a Christian, when pagans see us doing this, they wonder. Hmm. You think they don't notice that? Of course they do. And what Joshua is telling you is the same thing I'm sharing with you today. Put them away from you. Especially the little ones. Doesn't scripture say it's the little foxes? That spoil vine? Have you heard this? Be careful. Choose you this day whom you will serve. I've told you this before about James Fields, my good friend. A pastor of pastors is he. He may say me said, I was saved in such and such town at such and such age. And I gave my heart to the Lord. And he gave a different date when he is much older. And when I heard that, I thought, hmm, is it possible to be saved but not give God all of your heart? Interesting. What he meant when he said, I gave my heart and my life to God, he was saying, I put away all those other things. And you know what one of those things was in his life? It was the Dallas Cowboys. You remember that? He used to get all upset. When the Cowboys lost. And he said it robbed me of my victory. We have a great service Sunday morning. I'd come back and the Cowboys would lose in the last second. And I'd have to preach that night. And I was miserable. He said but when I gave my heart to the Lord. God became the most important thing in my life. And that's what I'm challenging you. This is what Joshua was challenging those people that day. I'm going to tell you right now. Johnson family. I want you to, if you're back there, I want you to come out in the sanctuary. Come on, Johnson family. Come on, guys. Come on. I don't know. I didn't tell you this beforehand. Come on down. Come on down. Come on down. Right here. 
I'm going to tell you what the Johnson family is going to do. As for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. Y'all turn and look at them. Look at them. We're going to serve the Lord. We're going to make the sacrifices. I'm going to disagree with those boys when they go wrong and they do things they shouldn't be doing. I'm going to tell them different. I am. And I'm not perfect. Sometimes I do things just as wrong as they're doing. But I'm going to stand with them. Absolutely. Boy, Handy, you're ahead of me. This is exactly where I'm going. If you agree with the Johnsons, you agree with Joshua, and you're going to stand for God, I want you to do the same. This is beautiful. You're ahead of me. I wanted it to happen just like this. Individuals coming down and making a commitment before God. We're being decisive. And we're standing as families. Not as a congregation, but as families. And we're saying, as for us, we're going to serve the Lord. Come on down here, Jerry. Get that walker in in gear, man. Here he comes, man. That's decisive. This is what caused them to prosper in the land that God gave them. And for us as men and women and children of God, we must be decisive. That means we're going to put away the silly superstitions away from us. We're going to be careful of the distractions that are on television, videos, or whatever. We're going to be careful of the jokes we listen to and share. Because we're going to put God first. We're not pagans. We're Christians. Amen? Bow your heads with me and let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, you see us standing before you. We've made our decision, God. We stand with you. We stand with Joshua. Lord, we're going to serve you. We're going to put away from us all those things, those small foxes that try to spoil the vine. There'll be times because of this culture we'll slip. You understand. But I pray that every time we do slip, every time we do make a mistake, your Holy Spirit would immediately descend upon us and say, I want you to do what's right. Because we want to do what's right. We want to please you. We want to fulfill our destiny. Lord God, we give ourselves to you right now. We thank you for being our God. And we are proud to be your children. In Jesus' name, all who agree said, Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. God bless you. Wow. Hallelujah. (coughs) Carol. Yes, we are. Amen. It's going to be verses 1 and 4. It's on the screen if you can... Or two eighty five eighty nine in your book.